0: Hello, and welcome to the Grim and Perilous Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Rose. Tuning into, uh, we've just unlocked the second play session of the Grim and Perilous Podcast. So the purpose of this particular play session is to actually work on a brand new supplement that has yet to be revealed. Before we go through that, though, I'd like to go around the, the table and uh, introduce everybody. We may go through introductions twice because we'll have we'll have who they are and what they do, and then after this after the supplement is announced, then we'll say what everyone's character is. But I'd like to get introductions out of the way. So I am Adam Rose, and I am a rules developer for Grim and Perilous Studios. To my right is. I am Chris. I am a playtester.
1: I am Mike, the boss bossler, and I am the lead. I am lead now, right? Yeah, yeah you are. Lead playtester. Yep. I'm Caleb Rose, playtester for Grim and Perilous Studios. I'm Michael, and I am a playtester for Grim and Perilous.
2: Hi, I'm Jason, and I'm
0: a playtester for Grim and Perilous Studios.
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Ford, I'm an editor and playtester for Grim and Perilous.
0: So that's what we have here at the table. We've got six players and one GM. Um, so... What we will be doing is um, we will be developing this in front of you, our patrons, for this supplement as we delve into a new setting that hasn't been done before. So a lot of what you guys are going to hear about while we're playing this game and we're making the rules for it, it may not actually make it into the supplement. But we wanted to open this up for you so that you could see just a little bit more about the process of developing a supplement. What I'm going to do in order to introduce this supplement is I'm actually going to read off the introduction that I have, at least so far. I think that would be a good way to introduce it. So, as always, we've got one of the play testers, particularly... uh, Mike, the boss bossler, opening up a pop can, because you know how we love to do that. Jason sneezed and I used the opportunity, okay? It was, it was a really amazing, <laughs> like, double <laughs> time. <laughs> I was like, eh, uh, got it. It was a good opportunity. Okay, so let's go on. All right. It is the year 2023. The future of the Reagan era was realized because the Cold War lasted for years beyond our own timeline. Atomic energy was developed quickly and devoted solely to cater to the rich and powerful. Humanity's need for power was increased and satisfied overall, but atomic energy was saved only for those who could pay top dollar. Fossil fuels became ever more needed to power the middle class's electricity, and gasoline flowed endlessly for even the lower classes, as America and the Soviet Union invested resources into their allies' production capabilities. Wealth was consolidated to the few, and regulation was purposefully targeted to keep new technology only affordable to the wealthy. Years would pass by as advances from decades prior would trickle down the social classes to the point that it was no longer being made as the masses were buying it. Yet in this power dynamic, prosperity was found in other areas. Medicine and food was made cheaply available so the masses would be healthy enough to work. So long as you had little or no ambition, there was security in knowing your family would never go hungry and sickness would not rule your life. Then the alarms went off. Chaos ensued. The wealthy fled to underground bunkers as the atomic bombs dropped, whereas the rest of society were left to fend for themselves and therefore die. Fifty eight years later, the the inhabitants of the bunkers started running out of food and supplies. Some were forced to open up earlier, due to taking in too many. Some later, as old age had taken theirs too soon. Some have yet to open, as who knows what has happened behind those doors. What they found when they entered the waste was not what they had expected. Humanity had not perished, but had persevered. What was initially relief turned into despair, as the societal norms of the elite that the elite had kept in their bunkers had all but vanished. Their money they had stockpiled no longer provided any worth, as metal was the new norm of value. What used to be the lowest form of currency was now the only form. Those that had change found that they could purchase things from those that didn't kill them on sight. Now, those older technologies thrive, and petroleum is king. Religions of old seem to have disappeared, and have been replaced by the worship of machinery, electricity, and to those that have a tertiary understanding, the atom. This is a campaign setting that's deeply entrenched in autodidact knowledge, with superstition filling the gaps due to a loss of an education system. Welcome to the setting of Radiator, where the Cold War era is transplanted into the theater of the post-nuclear apocalypse. So there you have it, folks. We're yes. working on a new setting and this setting is called Radiator and it's going to be in a post-nuclear apocalypse. Hell oh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I know it's a big surprise to you guys. But, uh... You told me we were playing Swyhunter. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think... you going know, play <laughs> Well, it's it's powered by Swyhunter, right? I is going to die to bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> we are um, also at this table using perhaps some professions that um, are being tested at the moment. won't necessarily go into those in too much detail, but um, we are also using standard professions in a mix with that. Yes, in fact, we are starting in our intermediate tier.
1: Yay! Yay!
0: Yes, uh, Michael is particularly happy because we can't ever seem to play an advanced tier for too long. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maybe uh, we'll
1: get there with Queen members.
0: Yeah, I'm actually uh, uh, really looking forward to that. Maybe so, advanced here, even. Maybe advanced here. That's here. heresy talk right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is heresy. Well, hopefully in this campaign we will. Yeah. Um, so, I would like to go around the table again, and now that we know what the setting is, we're going to introduce our characters. And, um, hi again, I'm Adam Rose, and I am your GM. Um, my name is Chris, I am
2: playing Frank Winters, and I am a pyromancer.
1: Uh, so, I'm Mike the Boss Bossler, and I am playing Killian Franklin, who is a Godsworn. Uh,
2: Caleb Rose, I'm playing a robot sho- sharpshooter, and he goes by uh, z 51 as his uh, chassis was built in
0: Canada. That's right. I'm uh, Michael Vilverde, and I'm playing a... Pistolier named Bernardo Quickdraw Villalojo.
2: Hi, I'm Jason. I'm going to be playing Kernig Faust, and he is a winter wolf.
1: Hi, this is Jennifer again. I'll be playing Alexia Milikova and my profession is illusionist.
0: Okay, so you'll notice that a lot of these professions in fact two-thirds of these professions are magic using professions. I had initially said that no um, profession was off the table and I meant it and they tested me so they said we all want to play magic and I was like okay (laughs) then you're all going to play magic so yeah we're going to have a lot of magic in this campaign Um, there is going to be some things that are hard to balance. But perhaps over time, um, we will find that balance still. But uh, you you guys are going to get to hear about a lot of magic on this particular podcast. Um, So what that also leads into is what is magic in a post-nuclear setting? Well, we don't know the answer to that yet. We have some ideas on that. Um, And what we're thinking is that at some point it may not be broken up into arcane and divine magic. It will just be its own school. And we'll most likely call it atomics. That is not 100% set in stone, um, but what we're doing here is instead of reagents, um, everybody has a source of power that they use. And um, that source of power has an ammunition, like our Pyromancer, for instance has a tank that he uses, and it's uh, got the ability to fill up in nine charges, essentially. Yep, I get nine in a time, And then I've got some backup fuel tanks that we keep in a pack, so... Yeah. So, um, essentially whenever you use a, um, a spell, whether or not the original reagent was expendable, just spend a, um, a use of your ammunition, whatever that'll be. It'll be revealed over time, uh, what everybody's ammunition is. Um, but it's testing out a direction we kind of want to go and see if we still want to go in that direction after we play it for a while. So the the premise of this particular campaign and this campaign that I'm running will eventually be an adventure seed or a campaign seed in um, the uh, the supplement is called 28 Years Later. And this particular campaign is going to be about going into a city that's largely overrun by what is co- what are called feral revenants. And these people, if you could call them people, are largely mindless and roaming around the city. And they have taken out a lot of the original inhabitants of the city. So um, the point of this is to go in and be as much of a dungeon crawler as Wyhander can be, um, within reason... <laughs> and then also be sort of a base-building campaign. So um, you'll see that develop as we play a little bit further. <laughs> i <I'm> sorry. <laughs> um, another thing I'd like to uh, talk about while we're developing this um, is that we're obviously going to be pulling from references. And so there are some of those big references out there, and because we don't have terminology defined yet, you may hear some of the players make references to other settings out there. And, you know, one that I'm taking a lot of big inspiration from is going to be uh, Mad Max and there's the elephant in the room. There's Fallout and there's, you know, a boy and his dog and the Book of Eli and just anything you can get your hands on as far as post-apocalyptic influences. Um, But uh, the scope of this is more or less that the future that the 80s imagined actually occurred. And so, like, the, the internet, the World Wide Web, didn't actually occur. Now, there's networks that communicate across one another, but websites, not a thing. Didn't happen. Um, but... Uh, Al <laughs> Gore. Yes. Um, I mean, we, we would... Yeah, Al Gore didn't happen, and so we wouldn't have had... Um, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the Al Gore rhythm that made the internet. Yeah. So giving the series of tubes? <laughs> yeah, the series of tubes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue to reference um, some things that you may already be familiar with um, and then uh, try and fill in some of those gaps because we obviously do have influences. Um, I'd like to kind of go over what ancestries we are playing because we did kind of skip that at the beginning. And uh, so I'll go ahead and uh, um, just kind of point at people and then I'll, I'll say um, what they're playing as. And so um, Frank Winters here, and uh, again, I'm, I'm forgetting we're not videotaping this uh, podcast here, so the I don't have to point. Um, Frank Winters is, uh, yeah. What's the point of it? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Frank Winters is playing Let's a Revenant. point. Yeah. Um revenants are those, like I said before, where um they were originally alive when the bombs went off, and so they have survived for 58 years mm-hmm. um after the bombs had gone off. Mm-hmm. And Brother Killian mm-hmm. uh by played by Mike the Boss Bossler. Or if you're reading Main Gaush, Mike, well, if you're gonna throw it away, Bossler. He is playing what we're right now calling a um, troglodyte, um, name subject to change. Right. Where um, these are people that were trapped underground after the (coughs) bombs went off, and uh, inside of vaults. Right. No, no, like like there was a city that had uh, somehow sunk due to an earthquake, and it was submerged under the ground, and after. A little radiated uh, radiation assisted um, uh, changes. Lifestyle changes. Yeah, Yeah. to be made. They were also trapped uh, near a nuclear reactor, and um, they now have uh, more translucent skin, like almost a bluish white tint to it. Um, You can even see some of their veins through it. That they're that thin skinned. Light sensitivity. Yeah. Um, so we haven't developed too far into that ancestry. Um, note, we do have the, um, Revenants fully, um, Flushed stat, stat it out. Yeah. Yeah. Statted out. Some of us don't <laughs> have skin, buddy. Yeah. So the next ancestry that, ancestry that we're going to talk about is, uh, what Caleb is playing and that's Z 51 Z51Z and he is a robot. Uh, One design principle that I feel is important to the robots here is that they look somewhat human, but like naked eye, there is no uh, mistaking them. Like they're obviously a robot, so their skin obviously looks synthetic, perhaps even rubbery. And the metal parts that are underneath them, While you know, if they were made out of something that was much, much stronger than... um, you know, like human bones, things like that, then it may be a little bit harder to keep with saying, well, do we need to make special rules for them? No. With ancestries, the only special rules they have are ancestral modifiers and their ancestral traits. So, yeah, right now, Stimpaks, everything like that's going to work on them. And by the way, la- laudanum is going to be called Stimpaks. You know, medicine will work on them. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will work that out in the future. So... Michael is off also playing a revenant. Bernardo, he's playing a revenant as well. And then Koenig is going to be playing a genetically modified person, which we haven't quite nailed down a name for yet, but I mean we can refer to them as as a mutant.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so uh we may yet have yet to come up with another uh name for that ancestry. And uh we may Have one more ancestry to develop but we also have a human and that is uh, being played uh, by Jennifer who is playing Alexia. Yeah, that's uh, the ancestries we have here. Um, I feel like I've talked forever. So um, what uh, I'm gonna do is uh, go ahead and start. So um, (coughs) a lot of you were a bunch of uh, Mercenaries that um, were selling your services for hire, and that we agreed that it would be. And so, um, there's a certain resident of a city called St. Anthony, uh, which I should probably go into detail now. That this campaign is going to be set in post apocalyptic Texas, where there's a particular nation, and this nation is a nation of city states. That, um, you know, some of them may have kept the original names of the cities, others may have renamed themselves. So, for instance, San Antonio is now called St. Anthony. Austin is called New Austin. Uh, Corpus Christi is Chris's corpse. Um, and I believe Houston is Houston. Um, but, yeah, um, we'll, yeah go, we'll get into even more detail about that as we go along and about what, what has happened to Texas. Um, But that's just a little bit of background. So you all met up in the town of Barksdale, uh, Texas, where a man by the name of Bernardo, I believe, met the five of you. So Bernardo is our player, Michael. He met the rest of you, and he brought you a tape to listen to by a man that was uh, pleading for help. I'm left If you bring souls to the West, uh, just, just in case there are any other entrepreneurs out there looking to bring home some funds, uh, around here, bolts won't do us no good, because they don't kill pharaohs. So if you find your way out here, well, may the martyr, our Lord and Savior, bless you and keep you. Oh, and uh, happy Fourth of July. Bernardo finishes playing the tape. That he had brought with him, and it was really hard to understand exactly what what Garth had said. But he reiterates that the gist of it is that the city is under siege, and he needs uh, he's looking for some entrepreneurial types that would be willing to come and help him uh, clean up the infestation of what he calls ferals. Now, some of you uh, know a little bit more than others um, what he means by feral, and that's um, of the a person who was initially exposed to the atomic blast, that the blast had changed them so much that they had uh, went into a permanent state of decay, yet not decay. Um, And they, uh, the the people called them revenants. And after after time, the mind can snap, and when they do, they turn into more of an animalistic nature. He basically sent out some um, cries for help, and you were the ones that had answered that cry. Cool. After, after you'd left, um, we to, to the listeners, we had uh, played a couple sessions of, like, getting to know you uh, sort of sessions to where they were traveling to the city of St. Anthony before we knew we'd uh, be recording this part, too. Where we are at right now is we have just come to the city of St. Anthony and we're on the outskirts. Our adventurers had just cleared out some of the um, revenants that uh, were trying to get inside of a um, what looked to be like a, a rundown bar at some point, or what used to be a bar for those that had known what what they were. So, through the amount of heroism and maybe a little bit of uh, just dumb luck, all of these revenants were taken down. We were; they were able to. Cleared out. When they had opened the door, they had found um, one revenant behind a counter with a shotgun pointed at them, and her name was Chastity. And that's where we're going to start our adventure. So, anyways, it's a uh, cool autumn day, as uh, the the nights are starting to get a little bit colder, but the day's still it was relatively warm. You roll into town with your uh, hollowed out vehicle that uh, doesn't even have an engine or anything else like that in it and uh, it's being pulled along by a cow that one of you I think uh, found along the way on the journey as you pull into town and you you've uh, dispatched these uh, feral revenants um, and you're stripping them of like what? Oh, I don't know, uh, pocket lint and maybe some... Lint trinkets. Yeah, just a few trinkets that they may have had on them. Um, that's when Zed opens the door and uh, you, you see the shotgun of Chastity Cassidy pointed straight at you. And she goes, Who are you? All uh, right. I'm Zed. Zed, eh? Well, it's a a pleasure to meet you. Well, it's good to meet you too, eh? So, uh, in the darkness, you see a uh, feminine figure start to take the the shotgun she had pointed at you, and she puts it to the side, and she walks from around a counter that she was standing behind. You, Zed, would know that uh, this is definitely uh, a fine-drinking establishment that you've come across, and uh, she steps out into the light. And what at first you would think would be an ordinary um, woman, Uh, she's about maybe five foot six, long black hair, um, pale skin, and uh, she brushes her hair away from her forehead and behind her ear, and you see that some of her uh, the skin on her ear has started to rot away a little bit, and you, um, that's when you recognize that this woman is actually a revenant. Uh, she says to a lot of you, Well, I uh, appreciate what you did for us. You know, uh, I didn't know if I'd make it out of there alive. So, name's Chastity. Uh, welcome to my fine establishment. What's your name? Alexia. Alexia? Huh? That's a pretty name. But it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you.
2: You? You're a tall drink of water. i like myself a tall drink of whiskey, too, if you got
0: something there. By the way, it's Kernig. Kernig? Pleasure. Is that you, Bernie? He's me. Good to know you. you made it back. Hell, there are Garth says us yeah, over here we got you we got we're saving you well I appreciate it uh okay there uh, I ain't seen one of you since since back before the bombs went off Oh, well, yeah I was uh one of the later models rolling
1: out a new production in Canada Canada yeah
0: I didn't know they made him up there.
2: That's where I was. Hmm.
0: That was the first time for everything. We found him in a locker. You did? Yeah, now, what he's <laughs> doing there? Did you go up to Canada? No, no. It was upside down in the locker.
2: Like he would fallen in.
0: Okay. Well, that's nice. And who are you? I am brother Franklin, Killian Franklin. Brother, like from from Both out from out east up north. Oh yeah, indeed. Well, thank God, we've been waiting for some help.
1: Well, Adam spared what he could. And that
0: is me. Okay. Okay. And uh... Frank. Frank. Yeah. Okay. Name's Chastity. Nice know, to meet you. I know I already told you, but I think I'd tell you again. Do
2: you have anything back there that's proof?
0: Like, flammable? Oh, we, you. You plan on not walking anywhere? I need to uh, restock my tanks, reload. Well, let's see what we can do. I mean, seeing as how you saved my life and all, I guess I kind of owe you, huh? I'm willing to pay for it, but this fine establishment here might have what I need. Okay, well, uh, I mean, well, with what all happened in the city and all, like, you all know what happened? You all know why you brought here?
1: I know that bad
0: things
2: happened. What the recording was saying. Sounds like this town got overrun
1: by revenants. Feral revenants.
0: Y- yeah, as she looks... Like the ones we just met outside. Oh, yeah. She looks a little perturbed and really? a little a little <laughs> offended by that statement. Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but uh, it'd be the crazy meat bags, not the talking kind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. She she still doesn't seem all that plussed. Um, there are
1: honored ones, and then there are the fallen. She is one of the honored
0: ones. <laughs> well Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, just come on in and uh, we'll see. We'll see just uh, what we can cook up for you. So, Chastity takes you all back into the bar. She says, Well, you can uh, see what's back there. I don't know exactly what's back there, but uh, I gotta leave all this behind because um, uh, there, there ain't nobody to serve now. So. Well, have whatever you need. Can I make an alchemy check to see what's available for me to mix into fuel? Um, Yeah, actually. Why don't you go ahead and make a routine alchemy check and see what you can come up with. Okay, so intelligence
2: 55, routine means 65. I've got one point in alchemy, so 75? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, 85. 85. Well, you mean... Can I spend my re-rollo? Yes, you can. Delicious fortune. Right. I won't eat them, but oh. would somebody like to? And uh, we have some superstition when it comes to Rolos. We have superstition that if you don't eat it first, mm-hmm. you will have incredibly bad luck. Okay. Well, so well it like yeah. you will have bad luck, but <laughs> the No, it just it just has to be eaten first. 49 is good. Okay. So you are able to take all of the... Um, the spirits that are back there, identify them, see which ones are good to to throw into your your mix of very dangerous and volatile fluids that you carry around on your back, and mm-hmm. you come up with two. Two jerseys? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she says, whiskey, is that what she wanted? Well, Was I it mean, you? If you're going to be throwing it out, yeah.
2: as much as you can get me.
0: Yeah, if you're going to throw it away, I'll take it. Um, my fuel tank's currently full. Can I convert these into bottle bombs? Yes, you can. Okay, cool. Yes, I mean, there are plenty of bottles here in the bar. Uh, what do I um, need
2: to roll in a craft? Or was it automatic?
0: Uh, I believe somebody has a certain professional trait that, um, allows for that. Yeah, the firebug, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When... In addition, always succeed to make bottle bombs. So I'm not even going to roll it. I'll just write down two bottle bombs. Right. So um, for those listeners who are wondering, we are also playing around with professions. We are seeing what works and what doesn't. And if we want to use them for this supplement or perhaps another. Um, and uh, his professional trade allows him to automatically succeed when creating bottle bombs. So which I have five of now. Yep. Um. All right, so uh, you can take a little bit of cloth off of the, the tablecloths that are there for for you know for, to put into the top, soak up that alcohol, and be good to go. Thank you. Chastity, I don't, I don't mean to be rude when I'm saying this, but are you just leaving everything here behind? Well, eventually, I, I think we could come back to it, but uh, have you seen what's going on in this city? I, know, I
2: get you. I was just going to say, though. Could we uh, take your tablecloths? I mean, uh,
0: with what we're looking
2: to get into, it's like we'll get hurt.
0: Well, he already has. What do you need him for? Well, I think we might be able to scrap together some bandages or something out of the rest of
2: them. It's your funeral. What by funeral? <laughs> what was the last... Th- no offense. Last time you cleaned in here.
0: Oh, well, it's been years. Oh, well, whiskey it is. <laughs> I mean, you could pour the whiskey on there, and maybe uh, whoa, it'd help whoa, you out. But uh...
1: Brother, I believe that's heresy right there. Uh, actually, it would work out rather well to sanitize the bandages. Yeah, but you want to pour out whiskey. I mean, do you want to stop the bleeding and not get infected? Yeah. I'd rather just die happy. I, I mean, mean,
0: speaking of dying, you've never had any friends that die? I mean, come on. Well, yeah. I mean, loves. if you drink, you've got you to share I,
2: some I've had fun. friends before. Pour like, out yeah. one for your homie. Oh, God, don't do that. I don't know. We found you in a trunk. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Wait. It was
0: a tight fit. You found him in a trunk? Yeah. It was
2: a yeah. rather small trunk,
0: yes. So we found this one here in a trunk, and that one there in the Locker. Well, looks like you've had some crazy and wild weekend, Bernie. Sure did. Yeah. It was pretty, uh... I mean, we, we traveled for days. It's a long walk. But I got my trusty steed Rasputin out there. That's right. How's Because I, I can't, you know, I haven't been able to find enough parts to build my bike back. That's right. You did have a bike at one point. You sure did. Have you... Have you have you met Rasputin? Yeah, we've been with him the whole way here. He's a real sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. You feed that
2: horse anything.
0: Well, I mean, the good thing is you don't really have to. Uh, I mean, it's true. Yeah. I ain't never seen no horse go, uh, go revenant. As a matter of fact, I ain't never seen no horse since the war. It's true. We haven't run into any others. He's a cat. Oh, he you are, sweetie.
2: Thank you. Can I get one for the
0: road, like, with a straw?
1: I hear those are really bad for the environment.
0: (laughs) So what are you you asking for? you needing some sugar, sugar?
2: I mean, we could. Or maybe, like, a case.
1: How many Um, bolts you got? I'm sitting on...
0: At least one nut and two bolts. (laughs) Hmm... I think I'm a little more expensive than that, sugar. I'm talking about whiskey. What are you talking about? Oh. Never mind. It's okay. Um, so. I'll get you some whiskey. Here. Have the rest of the bottle. I mean, really, I don't think I'm going to be coming back. For a while. Can I, like, when she turns to talk to somebody, like, try and scrounge several more? Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead and make a. Um, uh, make a, Make a, an easy skullduggery test. Ooh.
2: Uh, okay. Ooh. Thank God there's plenty of re rollos left. All right, man, I just got a point there. <laughs> he needs to. <laughs> now she's taking her reroll out. Um, <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah,
0: so uh uh Jennifer has actually reached into the fortune pool and grabbed one for herself so that she at least has one possession. Success. <laughs> Alright. So yeah, I mean you take back. you take uh you have two and a half bottles of whiskey. Um as uh yeah you, know, you completely uh pull one over on her. Both yeah, full too. That's true. All right. So, uh... when are we blowing this shindig?
1: Well, I figure once we load everything into the car.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just me, right? But uh, didn't you? You got stuff you want. I mean, we got noodles over there, pulling our half car. We I
2: mean, do have vehicle space.
0: No- yeah, no- noodles. It's our, yeah, it's our cow. Oh, alright. It's a regular Brahma noodles, you say? Yeah, oh, it's a Brahma. Okay, it's yeah. a Brahma noodles. Yeah. Interesting. Brahma noodles. Yeah. I named them. <laughs> okay, so I think, um, you know, I'm mainly interested in uh, what I got in my safe. I think some of you are big enough uh, to maybe put that in the car. Perhaps. Wouldn't it be just easier to take the contents all.
2: out? Alright, I'll give it a go. I um, need the whole safe.
0: Okay, and then so how am I gonna keep it safe when we get there, honey? I don't know. Well, let's see if I can lift it. Let's see if I can lift
1: it. I mean, if you could <laughs> want some help. Yeah!
2: Come help me, brother. I only got one foot. I can't help.
1: Do, do you prefer brother?
2: Can I call you Killian? Is that no, okay? I prefer if you call me brother. <laughs> brother! Alright, I'll see what I can do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so uh, this will be a hard athletics test. Brother. And if uh, S- if Brother Killian Franklin is uh, trained in athletics, he I'm may not. lend an assist die. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it's not a fellowship test, brother. <laughs> <laughs> brother.
2: So what difficulty oh. athletics? athletics?
0: Uh, hard. I guess I better get you out of a tight spot again there. As uh, Zed sees that uh, Brother Killian is... All thumbs. Do you have athletics? Um, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, Zed does have an athletics test, and uh, he he notices that uh, Brother Killian is all thumbs. He decides to brush him aside and lend a hand. Success. Okay. With 15. Well, you know, you... You take your time. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. and saw a video um, on this once. I said, been with the small of your back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the twisting and wrenching. buttons. What Frank? <laughs> I never seen no video like that. Show to me every night as a kid. So... Yeah. Remember to lift the safe like it's a beach ball. Oh, oh over your head. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hold it in front of you instead. <laughs> All right, so uh, he takes it around, throws it into the trunk of this vehicle, and uh, you see the uh, the car lower a little bit as uh, again it doesn't really have an engine up front, and so uh, it's it's almost like the the front tires are off the ground at this point. But uh, maybe maybe if someone sat in in the hood, it uh, might be able to even out for. Old uh, noodles to be able to pull. You know,
1: uh, Alexia, stop glaring at me. I'd I'd volunteer to sit there, but I don't want to be that close to the back end of noodles. I'll sit up there. I can drive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my hero. Jasmine. Uh, well, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you all pile into the vehicle, unless there's something else that you're dying to do. All the hand. liquor. All of it. <laughs> all the liquor out. I mean, noodles doesn't move very fast. Can we just like...
2: I'll walk. I'll walk. And we can put alcohol in my spot. More
0: more booze. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> you all start to load everything you can up with liquor. Um, is it just the two of you or are other people going to help?
1: Oh, I'm not helping. <laughs> You're not helping for the beer room? Yeah. These are
2: trade goods, lady. Do you I want like some- better combat armor? When well, I guess
1: time? if I can carry it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, our illusionist over here has a drawback that says that they cannot own anything that they cannot carry on their person. So, yes, I mean, whatever you can carry, you can help out with. But if you plan on keeping it or oh, hoarding no, it somewhere can... else... I'll take a bottle or two. Yeah. <laughs> and carry a couple of cases. So. Right. Which got no satellite? A or diets? two. Uh, meat. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's nearly right. as needed. We
1: got a lot of meat in there. They
0: they did have a run in with these giant prehistoric
1: looking okay. ants. We
2: have a rule: if it isn't sentient, or we can convince somebody it wasn't
0: sentient, we'll eat it. It's rule. As they kind of, mm, I wouldn't call it rob because she sees this happening, and uh, you know she pipes up. She goes. Well, I'll be sure to give you a discount on this when when we get it all to where we're going uh, because you're, you're taking it. Uh, I appreciate you do, doing all the legwork. Bar backing? Yeah. 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 We're just getting you set up at a different
2: location. We're the movers.
0: Yeah, well, it's appreciated. Okay. Do so, have,
2: do you have an empty keg that I could just have? I'm planning a project.
0: and need a much bigger fuel tank. An empty keg? I only got pony kegs. That's fine. Okay, yeah. I mean, just keep looking. So, to speed this along, you raid this place, you load it up as much as you can. Of course, Chastity is uh, keeping an eye on things, and, uh, you know, she's rather generous with it, but uh, she still holds claim that it is her alcohol and her supplies. Um. As you all start to travel along towards your destination. And so what we are going to do now is we are going to do a wilderness travel as we are oh so close to where um, uh, Garth and his folk are. So when doing a wilderness travel encounter, what we are going to need is we are going to need uh, three rolls to be filled going to need somebody to guide us to the location. And uh, somebody who can know the way, or at least if they're being led, can understand directions such as north, south, east, and west. Perhaps uh, they can look at the sun in order to help orientate themselves. Then uh, what we're also going to need is we're going to need a survivalist. That's the person that makes sure that All the goods that you're carrying, for instance, are being um, uh, carried properly, making sure that uh, camp is cleaned up, that sort of thing. Um, And lastly, what we're going to need is we're going to need a, a scout. There can be more than one person to go along, like say for assistance. Not everybody has to participate either. Where you'll be going to is you'll be going, you're still kind of on the outskirts of St. Anthony, excuse me, in um, some what would have been suburbs at the time. Because of that, it's not a highly populated area. However, this is going to be challenging terrain um, because the roads aren't in as good a condition as they used to be. There going to be like old traffic. mm -hmm. Yeah, cars sitting there and that sort of thing. And, this is also going to be a moderately dangerous area, because there is a rather substantial um, Feral Revenant presence. So, um, this will only have one stretch. Who is going to be our guide?
1: Uh, I think it should be me.
0: What's that? Navigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: A guy, a guy will use navigation.
1: I have navigation.
2: Do it. I also have navigation. What do you consist? You can, uh, you can survive. Well, uh, yeah, have it's survival. what navigation, survival. What's the third step? Uh, stealth. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, I
1: have stealth. <clears throat> what's so higher between navigation and stealth navigation. I have survival? Forty-four.
0: Okay, so it's you 25. should do. You should do navigation. You should do stealth. Wait, What yeah, do you, you have? Should do survival. survival. He says he could be a scout too.
1: I have both. St- right. I have stealth.
2: I have Azimuth. Rural sensibility.
0: Survival. He's mm. a regular uh, streetwise. Mm. shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I mean, we only need what we, we only need one person per roll. If you guys want to double up, you can. Um, but I am going to need. Someone to fulfill that role. So, first up, <clears throat> guide. Who's going to be our guide? Who's got nav? I do. I'll take it. You take it. I'll assist.
2: Okay. I got forty percent. What's yours? i have navigation. Oh, you don't have nav? Have yeah. f- no, She has nav. You have nav. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I would have fifty. So you take it. I'll assist.
0: Okay. All right. You have stealthy. How hard is this? Uh, this is going to be challenging. Oh yeah. 40, 44. <clears throat> What'd you get? Rollo. I got a
1: Rolo. Okay, a good so account. she so she
0: failed the <laughs> test, so she's going to take a uh she's gonna use a fortune point in order to re-roll that. Eat it first. Eat it first. Mm-hmm.
1: Is that good? <laughs> yep. Yeah. We're good.
2: Okay, so... Uh, crit
0: success at one, right? Yeah. yeah. Zero one is a crit success. Ah, I knew that. <laughs> All right. So, critical success for the guide. Uh, thanks to help from Kernick. Yeah. Um, uh, the party moves along the stretch without getting lost. The guide identifying the best routes to take and reducing the overall hardship it must face. The party only requires one day's worth of provisions for each day they travel. The difficulty of terrain is decreased by one step uh, over the stretch. For example, this means routine terrain will now be treated as easy terrain. Well, it was challenging, now so clean. now it's standard. So, good job, guys. Good job. And um, everybody's going to have to use one day's worth of rations. Um, one bottle of liquor. <laughs> no, you, you need to eat a little bit more than that, friends. <laughs> well, that's what you think. <laughs> True. Um, but, no, seriously, Uh does anybody here not have enough food? I don't know if I was ever actually given
2: rations. character creation. I I had
1: some enough of
0: Okay, well... Um, I mean, there's a whole
1: horseful. of meat. I'll take some of the horseful of meat.
0: Okay. How long have you had that meat, by the way? I mean, in game... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait no, I remember. Okay, wait no. You only had a couple days. It has not been that long. Mm-mm. Yeah, so. And we um, smoked it. Yeah, it campfire. was smoked. Yeah, so never mind. It'll be good still for now. So yes, um, whoever is keeping track of that food, you had to feed six people. All right, yeah, like twenty-five. Five. They were sentient, weren't they? Yeah. So lastly, uh, the last animals that you guys had killed were ants. And, animals. And then yeah. and thirty-three moles. Yeah, and thirty-three rolls. Mm-hmm. So just everybody. Oh yes, you guys went hunting too. That's right. Um <laughs> Which, uh, for the listeners, they're 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 joking at me because uh, I had mistakenly having two thoughts at the same time said that when you get a critical success, you get when the you amount roll doubles. You get that amount. Yeah, when you roll doubles, you get that amount. Which was kind of a Yogi Bearism <laughs> at the time, but uh will eat Yogi they, Bears too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah 33 moles. For me. Yeah. Anyways, so 33 moles. Um, yeah. Anyways, 33 so, moles. um <laughs> now we should move on to the survivalist. The survivalist is going to make sure that everything gets there safely. Um, so can we double up on rolls?
2: Yes, even if you've helped with a previous roll.
0: Even if you have, however, you must flip to fail. Oh. What if just, just adding, adding an assist die? They must still flip to fail. I will right, well, <laughs> just <survival. laughs> survive. Wait, you got survival on this
2: one?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got I thought you
0: were doing... He's going to do stealth. Yeah. yeah just do yourself. You'll be alright. Fine. 42. D- is that a success? Yeah. Okay. I, Su- is, I don't lie to you. <laughs> success. This um, uh, rival's conservation skills lead to a more comfortable campsite when the time is right to rest. Should the party ever need to strike camp along the stretch, they may recover recovered unhindered, instead of imperiled, as mentioned in chapter 9. So, if for some reason something happens along this trip, and you guys get so much peril that you're incapacitated, then you need to rest. You'll be able to rest up all the way. Alright. Um, so, for these short stretches, um, that's not as important as long stretches, but, uh, you know, still important. Um, okay, last, but not least... We have the scout, and that's going to be taken by Zet. Right. And this is standard test. Standard test for which? Uh, stealth. Check? Stealth, All right. With an F. stealth. Yeah, if I'm using my Cockney accent, yeah. Stealth. Oh, good one. Yeah. Eleven. 11, Eleven. Eleven. Two crit successes uh, so far tonight, so... Uh, I'd say you guys are going to make it pretty well. So, critical success. Although the scout disappears from the party's sight at times, they will make sure that the party has the jump on any interlopers on their path. As above, and the party gains a surprise turn. So, what does as above mean? It means that you roll one less d6 when you determine um, whether or not you encounter something. We took the the road from moderately dangerous to mildly dangerous because of uh, our... uh, uh, friendly robot over here. I just need to roll a d6, and we'll see if it comes up phase six. And that's a one, folks. So uh, we do not have a random encounter. again I, I should say a wilderness encounter. Okay, so um, over the course <laughs> of the day, the wind starts to, to chill just a bit. You've been walking. Um, I will need everyone to make a standard toughness test. <coughs> Success. Fifty-four. <laughs> Succeed with forty-five. <coughs> Seven. Now. now. Great success. Okay. Now. Um. So, normally, a critical success would allow you to improve your peril condition track. However, seeing as how you know we're starting a new campaign here, you shouldn't have any. So. Um, I will allow you to actually use that critical success to save someone who failed. So who failed? <laughs>
1: <Three> <laughs> so you us. got
0: three people to choose from. We've got uh, Alexia. Alexia. We were on front together. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> those who failed their toughness test will suffer sixteen. Um, Physical peril. Jesus Christ. Almighty. Imperiled. Okay, imperiled. Oh, I ignore one skill rank. Okay. That's a huge thing. I, I did roll an eight and a six, yes. <laughs> it's a rather good roll. So. you will make your journey. Some of you a little bit more tired and worn out than others. Eventually bernardo points and says there it is now quick oh yeah since i'm on my horse (laughs) i'm i myself am not necessarily walking anywhere does that have anything to do with it not necessarily no because you can still get pretty sore from riding a horse and it can wear you out Um, so yeah uh, i was
1: the only driver on this road trip so
0: yeah good point now um you know,
2: that it changed off hours ago.
0: That may be something, though, that uh, if you ask me about, maybe remind me of ahead of time. You know, that way maybe I might be able to say, well, your your test might be easier or something along those lines. Um, yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, but not at this point. Yeah, so Renardo points out and he says, there it is. There yeah. it is. And, uh, <laughs> uh what you pull up to is you pull up to a place that's bereft of any plant life whatsoever. I mean, there's not too much out here in the wastes anyway, but uh, um, this place is nothing but yellows and grays. Like there, there might have been paint at some point on the walls of this building, but I mean, it just looks like a gray and darker gray and some geometric patterns as uh, you pull up to this one-story building and. It just looks to be like a like a box, a rectangle of a the building. There's not much to it. In front, you see what would have been perhaps a sign, like it was business of some sort. Um, but even then, like the sign is so worn out that you can't tell what it was, and not, maybe, perhaps not everybody here can read either. In front of the building, you see um, a roof held up by two posts. And that's about it. Almost like a, like what you'd see—a porch or an awning or a gazebo. Anybody who was alive before the bombs had dropped would recognize this as a gas station. Heck yeah, it is. Or those that had been turned on before the war at some point too. <laughs> Pictures of those in your database. <laughs> um, so you pull up to the uh, the gas station, and there are no pumps. There, it looks like they've been torn down. Uh, one actually is there. As a matter of fact, it's on its side. Uh, looks like uh, it's been ripped up from from the ground. the The wind is blowing rather forcefully as uh, you're pulling up, and a whole bunch of dust just uh, swoops up into the air. And then you hear a doorbell ring, like um, you'd hear on the shop of uh, of a business. As uh, uh, as it jingles as uh, the door opens up and you see a man who's wearing a, a cowboy hat and he's uh, got some some old faded leathers that he's wearing and he appears to have a peacemaker on his side as he steps forward and he says "hmm." almost as if he was expecting that that was enough. A warm breeze blows, and you hear the wind whistling, and the blank stare on his face that he's given It's almost as if uh, that whistling was going on on the inside of his head, as if there was nothing there. Eventually, he comes to, smiles, and he says, Well, Bernie, glad to see you made it back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Me too. Hi, all. Uh, Name's Garth. It's uh, a pleasure to meet you. Hey, Garth. Hello, Garth. Uh, Your name's Frank? Alexia. Uh, Alexia and... uh, Koenig. What? Koenig. Like, like... uh, Are you German? What's a German? Well, we got one of them in there
2: crane my neck over trying to like see
0: through a window <laughs> looking for somebody way, just, like, this window is completely huge yeah, inside there this window is completely um caked over with with dust and muck and age like yeah you can't really see through very well and it looks like uh i mean you see some bubbling on the inside like it may have been some sort of uh tint or something they put up over that window too um he says, ah, forget it. Kernig, eh? All right. Well, I know you, Bernie, and, uh, ooh, we got ourselves a robot. That's right. <clears throat> Beep, call me Zed. Okay. Be, is that what you want to be called? Well, my model is Zed-5-1. Okay, Zed. <laughs> I am Brother Killian... Franklin? Brother? As he, uh, as he, uh, like, rubs his eyes and he squints at you. see
1: the symbol, the atom on my chest.
0: He, he, he stares at, uh, um, the symbol on your chest and he goes, uh, it's about time. We've been, we've been needing help. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that he sent help. Where's the rest of you?
1: I'm all that you could spare. And I'm all that you'll need. Oh, really? All right.
0: How's Adam doing? Ah, uh, he's good as always. Right. Well, I guess if you if we make it through this whole ordeal and you make it back to him, tell him uh, I said thanks. I'm um, sure.
1: He said uh, to make sure that uh, you were okay. So.
0: Well... step goal one is achieved. Am I okay? Well, you're ain't dead. Thanks for letting me know. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, oh. Cassidy, is that you? Yeah, it's me. How you doing, Garth? Well, I'm doing all right. It's it's easy to see you. You're pretty pretty easy on the eyes there. Oh, thanks, sugar. (laughs) So, uh... Huh, you know that was kind of the first thing I was going to have people do uh, when if somebody ever came for help. I I, I knew you'd make make it back, burning. But uh, um, yeah, I was going to send people out for Chastity because uh, it seemed like it was the easiest thing to do. But now I don't need to send people out to save Chastity. So no, Rasputin. He told me. He said we could we could do good work. How come he never talks when I'm around? He's, he's just real frugal with who he talks with. Well, I've been trying to be real nice to him, too. <laughs> Give him some kind of sugar to keep. He'll, he'll come up to you.
2: All right. Bro, how long have you been on that horse?
1: Well, you're as old as me. You forget things.
0: You, <laughs> you should get out more. Well, we're, we're like two peas in a pod now. Well, you see... I once said the same thing, or something similar to it, and uh, you'd be amazed. I I could swear, there's some things that Bernie knows that he could only know if the horse told him. It's it's like he heard it from the horse's mouth. You
2: both need to get out more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what they say about a man and his horse? No. It's, it's a saying. I don't know either. They, apparently you know what, what it's supposed they, to mean. What do they say about a man and his horse? They're like two peas in a pod. That's what he just said. Oh. I did hear that one. What are peas? I'm told that there's little things that were in a pod. They come in a can.
2: Oh, like urine? Yeah. Like you pee in a can? Perhaps. Uh, anyways. Perhaps
1: the they honored ones now.
0: Yeah. You've you, you been hearing them say much about the honored ones? Uh, bits and pieces, not anything major. Thought it was baloney when I heard it. They really mean it. Uh, I ain't no different than you. Well, other than the fact that I knew what this place was like before the bombs went off. But that's that's not important. They they tend they tend to think so though. Knowledge
1: yeah. before now is that it could be lost forever is very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's important to keep people like Garth and you know, Frank and even Bernie around. I mean maybe not Bernie. Yeah. But definitely Frank. And definitely Garth.
0: And well, definitely Cassidy. I wanna thank you for uh for saving Chastity and Seeing as how you've done that, why, well, I think it's only fair that uh, I, I put in a good word with somebody here at the station, but uh, you might want to meet everybody here at the station first before I put in a good word, so that way you know who you're picking. And on that note, everyone here is going to receive one reputation point, point. Okay. and uh, I think we're going to uh, stop here. I really want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Take care.